Hey guys, my name is Desiree and I'm the Next Gen Pastor here at Sea Road. We're so glad you're connecting with us through Sea Road Online. Hey, I'm Pastor Roger. I'm the Executive Pastor here at Sea Road. And we are keeping everyone six feet apart from one another for social distancing purposes. Today's service, we're going to be led in a few songs, and then we're going to hear a great message from my son-in-law, Reverend Timothy Conrad. Many of you will recognize Tim as our previous youth pastor. We will end with prayer and a final song, followed by some ways to stay connected in community through the week. So, welcome to Sea Road Online. Say hello in the comments, and uh, let us know where you're watching from. Enjoy the service. Thanks, worship team, for your ministry. Hi everyone, uh, welcome. My name is Tim and I am a volunteer pastor here at Centennial Road. This is a new era that we find ourselves in and so whether you're listening to us online on Facebook live or you're watching after the fact on Kojiko, maybe Mars Hill Radio, you're listening via podcast or watching on Vimeo, thank you for being here. I get the pleasure today to, in the honor, really, to walk with you on a journey considering Sabbath as a spiritual discipline. We've been doing a series called Be Still for a while now, and all of these spiritual disciplines that we've highlighted in this Be Still series, we hope can be a benefit and a help to you in your journey of faith. So before we get into it, I have just a few caveats that I think are good to help frame the discussion with first, so that, that we should keep in mind so that uh, this can be most beneficial to, to all of us. The first one is just a caution that you don't need the Sabbath, but the Sabbath can help you. And it was indeed made for you. It's true, we actually long for the Sabbath. We long for rest, all of us. But we, and we don't necessarily need just a strict set of regulations uh, in order for us to find that rest. The second thing that I, I want to put out there, and again, we're, hopefully we'll cover all of these as we go through this discussion, uh, is the Sabbath doesn't save you. In fact, it cannot. We believe as Christians that Jesus saves. Failure to observe or practice the Sabbath in a particular way will not disqualify you from entering into God's rest. So even though we're going to get into some particulars of how you might want to practice Sabbath, be aware that rest comes out of the person of Jesus not the Sabbath, although the Sabbath is a help for us to see that rest and to envision it. Finally, uh, we are, as always, limited in time and our ability to really kind of work out the details and get into it. So we can only talk so much about the Sabbath today. So consider this like a, like a taste or a tease and take this opportunity to start a practicing of the Sabbath and a journey of learning. You know, musicians start practicing an instrument they're usually not very good. They have lots of fits and starts and things don't always go the way they had hoped. And I, I like to caution you, this might be the case for you if you choose to start a Sabbath practice. But musicians also, before long, as they practice more and they gain a better understanding and appreciation for music, their joy increases. And I think your joy will increase as you practice a Sabbath observance, which helps guide you in, in ways of rest, which helps guide you in finding peace and looking to the person in whom we find all of our rest, which is in Jesus. You'll grow in your understanding and love for God. That's how it can help you. 
So with that in mind, my hope is to encourage you today in walking a journey of faith with Sabbath observance, not as a burdensome command, but as a blessing to you and a blessing to others. If you already practice the Sabbath, there might still be something here in this time together that might challenge you to consider Sabbath implications further. If you aren't a follower of Christ, but are tuning in out of curiosity, then I hope you will see that picture that Sabbath paints of rest and peace and communion with God that the Sabbath creates in, in our mind. There's a particular place of ultimate rest that it points to in Jesus. Then it might in turn open your heart and your mind to step into faith in Jesus, who is that ultimate place of rest, of ultimate rest. So let's go ahead and discover together what the Sabbath is for Christians and why it's still meaningful and worthwhile for us to practice as a help for our faith and as a help for others, those who are around us. So we'll begin with, what is the Sabbath? And what is it to Christians? What is it for those who don't even follow Jesus? There's actually something for everyone here. The Sabbath is first a blessing, and it comes from God after creation, and it's marked by rest. It's a day of rest that calls us back to Eden, back to the moment after creation, the seventh day after God had done all of his work. When, when God was finished all of his work, the first job that he had both for himself and for creation, job if you will, was to rest. So let's look together at Deuteronomy chapter 5 verses 12 to 15 as we consider uh, the Sabbath commandment, the Hebrew people who at this time had just been freed from their Egyptian bondage. It says this in verse 12. Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy, as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh is a Sabbath to the Lord. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your ox or your donkey or any of your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates, that your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. You shall remember that you are a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. To put it simply, the Sabbath day is a day of rest. And if you pay attention, it's a day of rest for all who were associated with the people of God. In this particular case, the newly freed Hebrews from Egypt. Be sure to keep in mind the rest commanded here is for God's people, for all people within their purview and animals that were within their charge as well. Importantly, it's also a holy day. A day that is distinct. It's set apart. It's specifically for God, about God about the things of God. This will help us to discern what sorts of things we might want to do or might not want to do on the Sabbath. Finally, the Sabbath, we read from here in this commandment, is a day that, is high, that highlights God's providence. The Hebrews here are told to remember they were slaves and they were brought up out of the land of Egypt by God. God provided, God saved God did the work. Pastor Aaron Perry 
pointed me to Peter Lightheart, who in First Things highlights God's command for Sabbath as revolutionary social legislation, unparalleled in the ancient world. This is something that can give us some hope today. He quotes Joseph Ratzinger, who says it is the heart of all social legislation because it anticipates the society free of domination and a foretaste of the city to come to the people of God after they are themselves finally freed from their oppressive Egyptian slavery. That's not simply requiring Israel to rest, but also to give rest. See, the Sabbath has many implications for a world desperately in need of rest. For the people of God, it did then and it did now. Call them to rest and to give rest. So why practice the Sabbath? Why would we practice a full day of rest? Well, because God rested. That is why. Listen to this from Genesis chapter 2, verses 2 to 3. It says, And on the Sabbath day God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Multiple times we were reminded that God stopped his work and he rested and he blessed it. The Sabbath points back to the original vision of creation with peace, fruitfulness, walking with God, no bloodshed, and rest. The Sabbath also points forward to a hope that we have of walking in that original Eden-like vision again in a created world that is once again at peace and communion with its creator. For any person, rest is helpful. What we discover in scripture is looking even briefly at the Genesis account here is that rest was part of creation from the beginning. We practice Sabbath rest because we need rest by design. Our bodies make this known to us in regular ways. Droopy eyes and sore muscles. And our bodies even amp up extreme signs and symptoms for us when we ignore our body's need for rest. They, they make it themselves physiologically known. If you go so far without rest, your body can turn you into a state of hysteria if you're trying to cheat the system. So in my foolishness, I tried to cheat the system of rest not too long ago. And I attempted to further reduce my work to rest ratio. I had already had an abnormally short sleep schedule. I experimented with a sleep schedule that had me sleeping for a very short period of time at night, just a few hours, and taking several small naps throughout the days, about 20 minutes each. My goal was a sustainable 4.5 hours total sleep during the day so that I could get more time to do the things I wanted or thought that I needed to do, and that experiment failed miserably. I thought I would be able to maximize the efficiency of my rest and work schedule, getting the more work done and needing less rest. What I learned is that I needed rest to begin with. I was made to rest. In fact, we in the world we live in were not made to be maximally productive in the kind of way that our world seems to be uh, promoting. What I've since learned is that it's not the way we were meant to be. We in the world we live in were not made to be maximally productive. 
at least as our growth at all cost way of doing things in society seems to indicate, you might say that we were designed to be divinely inefficient in a sense. The world needs rest too. Have you seen the news lately? Any videos? Has anyone looked and seen the videos of Venice and the clarity of the water there now and the marine life that is returning to places it's long since abandoned? This world and everyone in it, everything in it needs rest. This may be more clear to us now than ever before. Anyone can benefit from a full 24-hour day of rest. Physically, this could be a help to your body, having a chance to fully recover from hard labor or to recover from stressful workplace anxieties that have presented themselves physically with physical torment and toil. But for those who do not follow Jesus, that physical rest is limited. The physical rest is there, but its limitation is that we need more than just physical rest. And practicing the Sabbath observance teaches us that that is the case. Are you aware of your need for more rest? Maybe for deeper rest? Are you hoping for more than just physical rest, the kind that you've experienced lately? Or maybe even a lack of it? Let us know in the comments. If you aren't following Jesus, you could practice the Sabbath. You could take a 24-hour day and get some physical rest. But practicing the Sabbath loses its potency unless we practice it with a focus on the source of all true rest including rest for our souls. And that source is Jesus. We find a clear expression of this in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 11, verse 28 through 30, where Jesus says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The reason why we want to practice the Sabbath as Christians is because it orients us to God's original vision of creation. It makes us kind of look backwards to the way God had intended things to be. It also orients us towards God's promised future a vision of a renewed creation it points us forwards and it orients us to the reality right now of the taste of true rest and peace we can have for ourselves as we step into faith into Jesus. Each and every day, each week, the Sabbath reminds us of the rest we have in Jesus. So practicing Sabbath is a way to practice our faith in Jesus Christ. It's a weekly reminder of our deep trust and need for God to provide for us. It's a weekly zeroing in on the extended period of time toward God. Remember, it is holy. So we're focusing on the things of God, that which is holy. We focus on His way and our hope that rests squarely on Him for provision. We're reminded that we're not the ones who provide for ourselves, but God is the one who provides, like he provided escape and freedom for the Hebrews from their Egyptian overlords. And trusting in his provision and the absence of our production is so central to the weekly Sabbath observance. 
as my family and I have endeavored to ourselves observe the Sabbath, and we've had our fits and starts, I've had, I've found that I've had an often increasing clarity on what is really worthwhile and what isn't. What's God-oriented and grace-filled. Practicing Sabbath rest has helped us to see clearly, to think clearly about our place in this world, God's great love for us and all that he has made, his view of justice, his care for people, and our hope for a better future. Some things I think we could all use right now. One final thought before we talk about how you can begin practicing Sabbath observance. I'd like you to consider this. It's been said that God wants a tenth of your income. And we talked a bit about that weeks ago in our strap series here at Centennial Road Church. But with the Sabbath, we find that he wants a seventh of your time. Now, I don't know if your math skills are very good, but one-tenth is less than one-seventh. So there's your homeschooling for the week. There you go, Mom and Dad. The time God asks of us is not a time of production either. So the time that God wants, or the thing that God wants most, is the time of us resting, the time of us being still. Whereas our income comes out of our production, the time that we give to God on the Sabbath comes from us being still. He wants more of us being still than he wants of us at work. Will you let that tell you something about the character of God and the desire that he has for all of his creation? God is not a God with a whip and a task list just waiting for you to not be productive enough so he can get mad at you. He is the God who is looking for you to enter into his rest. He cares more about your rest than your production. So we Sabbath because God rested. And we were designed to rest with him. We Sabbath because it calls us back to God's original vision of creation. It calls us, orients us forward to the future when things will be recreated and will be at peace. All things will be at peace with him once again. And because it points us to the rest that we find in Jesus Christ. So now then, what do we do to practice Sabbath? How should we? There's no small amount of things that we can talk about when it comes to trying to approach a practice or an observance of the Sabbath. This isn't going to be exhaustive. And to be clear, there will be fits and starts for you if you haven't been practicing Sabbath and you decide you've intended to give that full day of rest a try, that full day of holy rest a try. Use this as a practice, a Sabbath practice starter. Use this as a Sabbath practice starter and continue to ponder and wonder and seek and consider and ask as you begin this Sabbath practice, just like with the musician, that you might grow in your joy, in your understanding of God through your practicing of Sabbath. So the first thing we do is we rest. We rest for an entire day. It's the day of rest, not the morning or hour of rest or two hours of rest. And I know this is difficult for us to come to grips with. I have difficulty with this. There's always something that can be done. Sabbath comes whether you're ready or not, and there's always more work to be done. So it's going to require an increasing amount of trust in God that the rest you take and the purpose for it is greater than any work that you could do in its place. This means cease to do work. All work, unpaid or paid, 
strive to work at, strive not to work at all, strive to work at resting instead of working at work. So if you're striving to rest, this means you have to, number two, as we've seen in the command, work the rest of the week. It might seem obvious, but just in case it isn't, it, we, we're told six days you shall labor. So that means we can and should utilize those other days to prepare for the Sabbath. That's the third thing. We prepare for the Sabbath. We prepare for it throughout the week. We kind of sit in its glow after we've had the Sabbath, but in the days leading up to it, we want to be sure that we've got our ducks in order. The Sabbath actually takes preparation. To highlight this, I'd love to consider Exodus chapter 16, where we go back to the Hebrew people as they were wandering in the desert of sin after they had been freed from Egyptian slavery and they were grumbling to God about not being provided for. They thought they were going to die and God responded to their grumbling by providing them the manna and the quail. The manna in the morning and the quail at night. He told them not to gather any more than they needed to each day except for the sixth day. He told them to gather twice as much. If they gathered too much on any other day than the sixth day, it would go bad and rancid. It would stink up the place and it would be awful. And they found this to be true when they tried it. But if they gathered twice as much on the sixth day, it wouldn't go stale for the next day. It would still be fresh and good for the seventh day, for the Sabbath. God provided for them, but he also required his people to prepare for the Sabbath. So there's preparation that needs to be done. This is probably the most jarring aspect about starting a Sabbath practice or observance. Once you get into the hang of it, you'll find it such a blessing when you know that you've prepared as best you could. And even if you didn't get everything done, because the Sabbath comes whether you're ready or not, you can now enter into a trust with God as you rest for the next 24 hours. And fourth and finally, treat it and the things that you do in it as holy. God blessed the Sabbath day and he made it holy. It's special, it's distinct, it's marked by the things of God. He set it apart for the special purpose, which is his purpose. Much like we are to be a people who are set apart for his purpose as we're Christians, so the Sabbath day is a holy, special, distinct day from the other six days of the week. So how do we discern what is holy from what is unholy? I'd suggest asking yourself a few questions, and you can expand on these yourself, but this is where I start with. It's great to do this as a family. It's great to do this in a group with some friends who might be able to help you kind of see blind spots that you might have. One of the first ones I ask myself is, what do we do that can be sure, we can be sure of, that's not distinct or holy? What can we do that we can be sure of that is not distinct and holy? That's not separate from the other six days. What are actions that we do? What are the things we partake in, activities that we like to do? that we can be sure are not holy. Also, what is clearly something that is of God and restful? Some of you might have a ton of these already at the front of your mind. You might think of worship. You might think of reading scripture, journaling, spending time in, in prayer. And finally, what might be restful but could still lead to unholiness? It's a good one to ask. Because there are lots of things that seem restful on the outset, but given enough time or exposure, they might actually lead to unholiness. So I'll give you a few examples of some of the ways that I've answered these questions with my family. And for myself personally, some of the things I've chosen to avoid on the Sabbath 
are these. Number one, the internet. And with that, social media. There's a lot of things on the internet. There's a lot of things on social media. And if we're being honest, most of it is unholy. Not that it's all bad, but it's very easy to come across things that certainly won't give you rest, that might even increase your anxiety, and that are unholy. Another one is my phone. I try to put that thing away. Actually, my computer as well, my laptop. Uh, mostly because they're the conduits towards the internet, uh, but also they just beckon us to work. I also avoid video games, and I like video games. Video games in and of themselves aren't necessarily a bad thing, but they can be a time drain, and I'm competitive, so video games and sports, actually, for me, are off the table on the Sabbath. They don't make me rest necessarily. Sometimes they make me do the opposite. And finally, for me and my family, we try to avoid, we usually avoid most TV. I think we've made an exception to watch maybe The Prince of Egypt or something like that once, but, uh, but we've been trying to do that. And again, I'll say this as a caveat, just as a reminder to you, we, we do this very imperfectly. I'm a Sabbath infant. I'm a novice. And I am just like you, I'm sure, just trying, feeling my way through this. I would like the Sabbath to be a help for you. So as we wrap up today, I'd like to read to you from Colossians chapter 2. In light of that, it says, Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail with visions puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments grows with a growth that is from God. If I wasn't clear about it earlier, this is not a command anymore for the Christian, but it is certainly a help. The Sabbath is for you. And I would encourage you to step into at least an attempt at practicing a full 24-hour Sabbath day rest that is holy, that is set apart, that is focusing on God, that avoids labor. In light of the new difficulties we face today, there is hope here. For those who take the time to lean into what seems to be an unforeseen sabbatical from ordinary work for many of us, we can trust and hope in God as our provider for economic, physical needs, and otherwise. Just what the Sabbath calls us to. There's a real beautiful chance for us as Christians to shake off the chaff of things that we have piled on ourselves as, as a people that were never supposed to be there in the first place. There's a real hope for people to be able to see themselves not through what they do, but through who they are. Not, not see themselves out of what they make, but because they're made. There's a real potential for many of us to get just a, some sense of how much our Lord provides and cares for us as his children. This provision that we can hold on to and hope for and cling to when the inevitable difficulties arise in our lives. And for some people, there's a real chance that as they see the picture of a trust and a peacefulness that comes 
out of Sabbath, which points to its, the original vision of creation, a future hope, and the current reality that they can have in Jesus. They would step into faith in Jesus and enter into a taste of that rest and enter into the rest that they can find in Jesus himself. So I want for you, Christians, for practicing of the Sabbath to be a thing that draws you in to be reminded of the Sabbath rest you have in Christ right now. The one in whom it belongs in its fullest substance. It's not a burden, but that it may be a help to you. I would encourage you to enter into the discipline of blessing a weekly Sabbath, both for yourself and let it be a blessing as well for others. See what happens if you truly set off to give God a full seventh of your time, again, in a restful way, in a non-productive way, because God cares more about you and your time in rest than he does about it in production. For those of you who aren't yet Christians, this idea of where you can find peace and hope and true rest in Christ, I hope that this will draw you in to make a decision for Jesus. Because in him, we find rest for our souls. So for now, I'm going to say a prayer in closing. And I would love to hear what your thoughts are on what we've walked through today. Please, if you haven't already, let us know. What are your practices for the Sabbath? Do you practice the Sabbath? Would you like to begin to practice an intentional Sabbath now? And what are some questions that you have that are remaining on how to practice the Sabbath? Maybe you have some questions about still, why should I practice the Sabbath? And you aren't convinced. Please let us know in the, in the comment section. Are you making the decision today to enter into faith in Jesus? Does this idea of the fullness and the truest form of rest draw you in? Are you intrigued? Would you like to make a decision for Jesus today? Please let us know in the comments below and reach out. We'd love to chat with you. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that in you we find our rest. That as we practice Sabbath, we're drawn to be reminded of the rest that was in the Garden of Eden at the beginning that original vision you had for peace and communion with your creation that reminds us that you have indeed prophesied, you have indeed said yourself that that rest will come again when Jesus returns. He'll set the whole world in, in order and we'll have that rest again. And that calls us to be encouraged and to be assured of the rest that we have right now if we have faith in Jesus. I pray that for anyone who desires to step into that faith would do so today and begin to enter into your rest, to see themselves as a person who is made, not necessarily just a person to make or to be productive, but to rest in you. For the Christian who decides to begin a spiritual discipline, practice of Sabbath rest, a weekly rest, that you would honor that decision that honor that desire and help them to navigate it help them to find help within their community of how to find that rest and that peace in these difficult times you are our sabbath rest you are our hope for the future and we look to you in all things we pray this in the name of jesus amen 
Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us today. We love helping you connect in meaningful ways at Sea Road. You can help by using the Contact Us button on our website, centennialroad.com. Yeah, and uh, you can ask for prayer there in the message box, and we will pray for you this week. Many of you did that last week, and it is our privilege to pray for you. Many of you have asked about some tangible ways to serve our community. The Brockville Food Bank's biggest need is volunteers. There are ways to serve where you're not directly interacting with the public, but rather creating care packs for the community. Contact Gina at the number on the screen, 613-342-0605. Also, canned tuna, vegetables, fruit, cereal, and razors are some of what's needed right now. Drop them off at the back door from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Tuesday through Friday. And a huge thank you for your faithful giving. You can use the Give button on our website, centennialroad.com, or e-transfer our financial administrator at donarray at centennialroad.com, or you can phone us at 613-345-3424, extension 6002. Whatever method that you use for tithes and giving, thank you so much for your support of our ministry. Stay safe and healthy. We'll see you next time.